America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Heard around the world on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue. And Joe Grande. Hello and welcome to Women's Month on Cannabis Talk 101, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. My name's Blue, alongside me is Mr. Joe Grande, and you are now tuned in to the greatest cannabis show on the planet. That's right, you guys. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Cannabis Talk 101, all around the world. Make sure you check out the website, CannabisTalk101.com, as we are the world's number one source for everything yes. cannabis. with so many great articles and blogs on the website. Plus, you can hit that link to go check out the magazine, which also has more uh, great things to read and check out and beautiful pictures. And feel free to call us up anytime, 1-800-420-1980. And go check out the IG pages at Cannabis Talk 101. <laughs> Blue is at the number one, Christopher Wright. Hello. And I am at Joe Grande 52 And if you haven't seen the latest edition of the Cannabis Talk magazine, it has a lot of great articles it and does. cool stories in it, you guys. So get yourself a hard copy today at your local dispensary or smoke shop near you. And if they don't have it, make sure they hit us up and request one or go out and just get online and check it out yourself at Cannabis Talk magazine magazine.com and subscribe now now whether you're trying to get your foot in the door in the cannabis industry or maybe you just want to have a leg up and some competition trust and believe you're going to want to listen to this lady right here because she's been doing it and she's doing it hard joining us is a very lovely guest who traveled about 1835 miles just to be here folks. oh man i, I mean that's that. a nice little that's tread a right there pot. right yeah. we are absolutely so thrilled to have her on the show now we have Lorena Beltran. Lorena. Lorena, Lorena. She's the CEO and co-founder of Cannabi Salud. Correct. I'm glad I got that right. So oh, out not, of Mexico City, <laughs> she began her career in the industry back in 2014 out of Colorado, where she joined the sales team at Charlotte's Web Hemp. And then in 2017, she co-founded this good old company called Cannabi Salud. And she also co-founded of, uh, she's also the co-founder of Indo Natura? Indo Natura Labs. Indo Natura Labs. It. I knew it was a different one. LLC, which focuses on research, which we can get to talk about research, which we love about what she's doing there, and uh, product manufacturing and other activities within the current legal medical cannabis framework in Mexico. Now, her business and investment summit created by Mexico's Canalu Salud, leading the medical cannabis conferences out there. It's a three-day event. Now, this is what we're going to be talking about because it starts on June 14th through June 16th and is primarily focused on business and investment opportunities emerging from this growing industry, of course, from industrial, medical, and recreational cannabis industry. Give her a warm welcome, you guys, the CEO and co-founder of Cannabis Salud. It's Lorena Beltran in the building. Yes. Welcome, Lorena. Thank you. Lovely, Lorena. I love how yeah, we met at MJ BizCon, and uh, when you walked in, I was like, I didn't realize this was you. I was, I was reading the stuff on you earlier. I'm like, and then you walked in. I go, wait a minute. I know you. Right. Yeah, we've seen each other at MJ Biz in the past <clears> few <throat> years, 
and I am so honored to be here with you guys today. I'm super excited to be on Cannabis Talk 101. Oh. Well, we're excited that you're here too because like I said, I, I remember it so clearly. It was her, the other lady that we interviewed via Zoom uh, from Mexico that yeah. was well, and then the other too. lady that's here too. And all three of you guys, I was like, oh my God, I like you guys so much. And I, I, I want to talk to you. We had no time to fit you in at MJ Biz to be on the show. So I'm so happy that we got one, now two on the show with us. So how did you get started? 2017 was Charlotte Web, 2014 or whatever was Charlotte's 14. Web? Yes, how that's did that right. Come out? So I was living in Mexico. I'm from Chihuahua, Mexico, ah. where Chihuahua. the dogs are from. Chihuahua. No, <laughs> where the dogs are from. <laughs> not Teddy. <laughs> no, not Teddy for sure. Um, so, yeah, I was living in Chihuahua and um, former president Felipe Calderon, he declared the war on drugs. And I was on a border town, uh, Ciudad Juarez. In, in the state of Chihuahua. So it got very violent. It was very scary. Uh, the city became a ghost town. and Why? Because, because of the, the violence. The, the, the cartels, right? Yeah, the, the cartels and the president going after them full force with the militaries, militaries on the streets. But explain and, because it's a border town because they're coming, they're, they're shipping the drugs out. And, and like, how does that, why is it the border town? Well, is Juarez is, is notoriously known for drug trafficking, right? Yeah, it's one of the most uh, dangerous cities in the world. Yeah. Just uh, like, really? like Tijuana oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, it's border town. So all the drugs cross there from Mexico. Yeah, you don't want to go US. hang out there unless you know what you're doing. <laughs> right, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> yes. So imagine those years when the war was declared on the cartels and all the militaries and the government was after them. And uh, that also led to other crimes, not just, you know, drug trafficking, but also kidnappings and um, stealing and killings everywhere. So I had to run away. Um, it was not only happening in the border cities, it was all around the country. So during these years, it was 2008 to 2013, 14, we saw this war on drugs full force. So I moved to Colorado um, where I have family as well. So I moved to Colorado at the end of 2013. And then 2014, they legalized the recreational market. So for me, it was shocking. Uh, running away from a country with the war on drugs, sure, including sure. cannabis. And now you are in the United States, in a state that legalized recreational marijuana. And you have dispensaries everywhere and everybody's making business and all these things. And I was just so confused. Yeah. And I just decided to get in the industry to learn everything about it but mainly how to legalize it in my country so i started this journey and i google and i said if i'm gonna be here just for a while um just a few years to learn about this i need to work for the best company right now so why don't you come work for us because <laughs> <laughs> you guys didn't have the recreational market legal yet i'm kidding yeah. <laughs> so yeah i google it it was charlotte's web and i weren't after them and it took me a few months to get a job there and I finally got it. So for me, that company was like my cannabis university. I learned so much, so much from them. And then from there, I jumped into a recreational uh, oriented company that has dispensaries, cultivation facilities. And I did all kinds of stuff before moving back to Mexico. Did you do that on a work visa? Like, how did you? I mean, are you a dual citizen or? I'm dual citizen. Gotcha. Yes. So you were Thanks born. Thanks to my dad. You were born here and then. No, I was born in Chihuahua uh, and my dad moved to the U.S. like 30 years ago. He got remarried. He ah, got the visa. Nice. Uh, the green card. And then he became a citizen. And then he asked me and my brother to come to come and, and we became U.S. citizens right away because we awesome. were underage. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's awesome. Well, that makes it easier for you to be able to go back and forth like that. So yes. Not everybody gets well, that yes. easy. Well, also, you speak the language well. Like, you know, you have an accent. Well, I'm sure but then it's not like, she wasn't. Know, she, was it hard for you then? But I'm sure back then it was a lot harder. Uh, to or were you fluent in both languages then? No, I wasn't flu uh, fluent in both languages. I learned uh, with my stepmom and then my brothers were born here. So I learned from them. But yeah. I was younger, so it was easy for me to learn. It was natural. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, let's talk about you for a second. Like, you know, what, what high school did you go to? Like, who are you, you know, from a standpoint of... Right. You know. 
So uh, high school, I went to three different high schools. I was a rebel. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm still (laughs) are, but you know, (laughs) Uh, back then I just uh, wanted to be free. You know, I like I wanted to be older and just do my thing. I just couldn't. So I was just jumping from school to school. Uh, I was a troublemaker, but in a good sense. You know, I I was always an activist for everything since I was young. So uh, I spent two years in high school, two different high schools in Chihuahua, Mexico. And then my dad is like, enough, you need to come here. And um, he back then he was in New Mexico. So I moved to New Mexico to finish my high school year, senior year in Las Cruces ah, High Las School Cruces. in New Mexico. Yeah. yeah, it's a nice little place. Yeah. And then I went to college there it's right on the other side of the border. <laughs> right? right yeah just across just yeah. across the border is it really that close is it real yeah. close yeah very it's close the, it's the border in city on, on this side mm-hmm. oh wow yeah. how funny yeah. this you get a lot of trouble you can get a lot of trouble over there too oh i'm sure <laughs> going yeah. to that school too and they, 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 they're all, they're all the cartel from there too oh for sure it's yeah every weekend family. you'll cross the border to mexico to party yeah yeah so. yeah and then come home if you, if you come home <laughs> so did you play sports or anything i did cross country um just running on the mountains, right. you still <laughs> like, like a running? good Mexican. <laughs> She's still running on the wow. <laughs> like a good Mexican. I didn't say that. <laughs> run over here! Let's run over the border! The Let's go! <laughs> like do do you still Mexican. run? Do you still like running? I like running. I enjoy it, but um, now I do more like hiking. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's good. I like it's easier on the knees. I'm, I'm, a camp, I'm a camper too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is. I like camping. I don't know about hiking. I mean, I'm cool to camp a little bit, but no. did you? See, and then you went to college there too. I went to college, uh, New Mexico State University in Las Cruces, New Mexico. I went for uh, filmmaking, oh, and nice. I did a classes on journalism and acting. So everything around communication. My major was radio, television, and film as well in college. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I got my degree from there from San Jose State. That's so funny. I dropped out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I finished. I'm a dropout. Yeah. I finished. You got your your BA, your bachelor's? Yes, yes, my bachelor's degree. Even though I got pregnant the last year of college, but I didn't quit. I continued and I had my baby during um, Thanksgiving break, and I just went back to school. How many kids you have? I only have one. How old? He's 15. 15, big boy. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, does that make you 30? You had him when you were 15 or what? Oh, we're talking about age now? <laughs> no, no. I'm not, I, <laughs> I know, because you do look young. Yeah, That's funny you say that, yeah. She, got it. she had him at 15, huh? Must have. Young, Easily. Young oh, thank she you. She was a rebel. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Uh, listen, I, I want to I wanna ask you about what you're doing in Mexico. Um, big summit coming up. The big summit coming up. When we come back, it's Cannabis Talk 101. We'll be right back after this break. We'll be right back with Cannabis Talk 101. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess. The 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again. The First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances. And the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101. What time is it? 
Dime time. That's right. Think higher with Dime Industries. Find them in California, Arizona, and Oklahoma. Check out the website, dimeindustries.com, or on IG, dime.industries. Lorena, before we went to break, we were talking just briefly a lot about you, but this big three-day summit coming up June 14th through June 16th where exactly is it at and what can we expect and where can they get tickets and all the good stuff yeah so uh cannabis saludas is an international cannabis summit we have two versions one in mexico city which is medical oriented and we have a business and investment which is the one coming up in june 14 to the 16 in cancun mexico cancun. Um, that's a fun place it's so <laughs> fun it's so fun it's a three-day event where we gather um an intimate it's an intimate event with between 300 and 400 people uh from executive level you know business owners uh industry leaders advocates of course and um, we offer TED Talk style conferences, um, table discussions, kind of like a business speed dating dynamics that we have. Uh, we have a kind of business pitch, which is kind of like a Shark Tank as well, where we uh, select finalists to present their projects in front of a jury and investment funds, private investors that are going to be there. Um, we have panels with legislators, not only from Mexico, but from other parts of the world, because it's an international gathering. We have a special focus in Mexico, of course, but we bring re uh, legislators right now for from Belize, for example. They're about to legalize the whole market. They're a step away and they're our neighbors. So we're bringing that um, to light because not a lot of people know about Belize as long as as well as other um, legislators from different parts of Latin America. So Cannabis Salud is at the Hotel Atelier, which is an all-inclusive resort. Everything happens there. Once you get in there, you don't want to leave. You don't have to leave. And we all stay there at least three days during this conference. And when you say all-inclusive, like once they buy the ticket, the food, the drinks, everything's inclusive at this resort? So we have a ticket to attend the conference and the different activities inside this event. But then once you reserve your room, since it's an all-inclusive resort, by reserving your room, you get the food and the beverages included. And you want to stay there because the venue is there and all the activities, the cocktails, the after party, Everything's everything there. is You don't there. have to go anywhere. Exactly. Is, what, what time of the year is it? What, when is it? June 14th to the 16th. So the weather's nice. It's so nice. We're going to have our shirts off. Nice summer. <laughs> get your workout done. Yeah, I, I need to go run. Is run. it more in Spanish or English or both? It's both. Um, we actually had some Portuguese speakers as well. Uh, but we have simultaneous <laughs> interpreters. So we announce on the screens our next speaker. It's English. So people get their headphones, and you have a simultaneous interpreter right there. No oh, way. really? Yes. That's awesome. Oh, you guys are all state-of-the-art and fancy, huh? Oh, yeah. You have to check it out because Does it's... someone actually uh, interpret it right there for them? Yes, we have uh, three people that take turns to do interpretation wow. throughout the whole conference. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. I, I love that. Now, do you find that um, people from... Mexico are pitching or people from the US or, or is it all of the so, above last event we had 28 projects submitted and we only chose eight from those eight that's a lot yes that's a lot of projects dude. yes so we had from Canada Spain Colombia Peru and Mexico as finalists and they and, oh so out, out of the eight that were the finalists then they picked somebody you're saying or they are those funded, eight are or speakers. they funded eight of them? Yes. So no, we present the the eight finalists present their projects in front of the jury and investment funds, and then we have three winners. The three winners they uh, not only win uh, money, not the whole investment. We try to close the investment fund that they need with gotcha. the investors there. But as Cannabis Salud, we offer them free consulting so they can continue to prepare in order to get the funds in the future if they don't get to close them there so it's an incubator it's like an incubator basically yes. right yes that's awesome and then so when, when you start to build this out i mean um have you guys got anybody completely funded or started to be funding or how does that work yes yeah. so last year we had a company 
that works around blockchain technologies and they got funded oh, wow. not right there exactly at the event but the next month right they, uh, the negotiations started and they were able to close at least a hundred k to as a startup that's great yeah that's awesome I, I mean a lot of people don't realize this even when you go on like shark tank or whatever and you sit there and and you pitch your show they say yes but they still go do all their due diligence because yes. i mean you it's you not can, really yes yet it's not yes like it's yes on tv but it's not yes like okay we here's we your money you don't walk out with a check no you don't walk out Correct. with a check because you got to dive into these companies i mean just because yes. someone's a great speaker doesn't mean that their their business is great that's and right. so, yeah, but so we, we take them, you know, uh, we grab their hands, you know, and we continue the work and we give uh, uh, workshops to them specialized in finance, in regulations, in all kinds of uh, things that they need in order to close that deal. Sure. That's awesome. What man. have you noticed being, you know, progressively great and terrible in Mexico with this cannabis going so legal there? And, you know, like as you mentioned early on, you lived in a cartel city. How is their cartel dealing with this? Okay, so I get this question a lot. Um, so what we have in terms of laws and regulations in Mexico, what's in place is the medical cannabis regulation. We have a law since 2017 and a regulation that was published in 2021. It's very restrictive because it gives uh, everything pretty much to the pharmaceutical labs, meaning that, yeah, I can grow. I have a, a grow facility, cultivation facility. I can have an extraction facility, but that raw material like distillates and the extraction has to go to a pharmaceutical lab if it's above 1% THC so they can formulate, do the clinical trials and have a product on the market because in Mexico, we have a federal law. So medical is medical. Medical is pharmaceutical. Yeah. Not like in the U.S. or Canada. It's different. More restrictions. So if I want to cultivate and extract, I need to have a contract with the pharmaceutical lab to make sure I'm going to be selling to them. It's got to be through the medical facilities. And because then, we're not federal here, we're calling it, the states are calling it medical, but it's not fe you know, federally, federally legal. legal. So mm -hmm. it's not on a federal level. So once it goes medical on a federal level, then the pharmacies would then yes. the pharmacies here the would FDA be able to pick it up and yeah and FDA then FDA gets involved yes after that. in Mexico it's Cofepris it's our Cofepris Cofepris yes it's, it's our FDA in Mexico so of course the cartel don't care about that they're not involved in the pharmaceutical uh, industry uh, but then we also have the right to grow our own plants for personal consumption how many um we don't have uh, an a limit a limit right now just because no limit the congress needs to regulate that part so what happened in 2018 is that uh we had a jurisdiction meaning that the court declared a right for every person in mexico older than 18 to have plants at home for personal consumption so they decriminalize the consumption transportation um, and cultivation for personal use we cannot sell anything yet it's not regulated right you can't sell it you, you could possess it mm -hmm. and not get arrested up to is there an, an amount like, we still don't have a limit really no so you can come with 100 pounds well, because you're good. for us we had that mean. <laughs> you, no you, we had that and you can you can carry like up to an ounce or whatever or, you know a pound or whatever like that i forgot the number but in, at one point we had it like that as well no i mean if you, if you get pulled over it. by a cup and you they see like three pounds in your back seat of course they're gonna question you and say that's not personal consumption yeah they you know you, you get jail. in trouble sure. yes for sure but, uh, um, I mean, Mexico, we are one of the main producers of cannabis, or we had been. Been forever. Forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Forever. A I think now California that. is, but. Uh, you, yeah, right now. <laughs> well, right now. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm sure they still no. got field after field out there, dog. <laughs> well, yeah, they actually I mean, do. come on. Yeah. It's Mexico. Yeah. it's You know, it's funny. Is, is We just don't see it like I think like we used to because we used to see all the the bricks, you know, when I was that young. That weed's I, still going to different states, we, I know, I know. I didn't even it's think just of it. It's just not coming here I'm like, to well, California. To, that was my gig. Like, exactly. <laughs> I'm, like, and I'm just I'm sitting like, here going, I cannot see how uh, much money the cartel has made and it just dying down. Well, it did die down, for yeah, sure. Yeah, well, this is... Um, there's this hole in the law because you have the right to consume and cultivate, but you cannot sell. It's just like Spain. So now cannabis clubs are being born, you know. So I 
want to consume, but I don't like to grow. I don't know how to grow. So I go to a nonprofit or this cultivation association. And they give you, you give them a donation. <laughs> you give a donation, you become a member yeah, and they yeah. give you your. So that's how we wrote plans. it out, which was proposition uh, 215 uh, or proposition 64 uh, and 215 doing business as a mutual benefit organization. And, and like here in the U.S., what we were doing is um, it was a not-for-profit doing business as a mutual benefit organization. So you go in there, same thing. You'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm buying this, you know, sticker. And with this sticker, you get a free gram of weed. You right. know, and it was like, it's so silly, but it was their way of just, you know, you're, you're donating money to mm -hmm. uh, whatever they had, you know, it, which was just bullshit for saying, hey, we're, you're buying weed. Exactly. Yeah. But let you me know. ask you. We're in, in that stage. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I in remember Mexico that City, where you live, mm -hmm. is it something, because there's a lot of, uh, from what I've been told and see online or whatever, a lot of walk around parks, a lot of a lot of walking areas, big city, right? It's not like, yes. oh, some crazy. Mexico only city. 25 million people. Exactly, only. It's yeah, like New York that's City, that's for God's sake. It's actually more bigger than New York City. Yeah, bigger than New York City. Yeah, it's actually bigger than New York City. Yes, bigger than our number one market. So that's what's crazy about it. Wow. Exactly. So I went to New York and I was like, mm, this is small. No way. It felt like that, huh? Yeah. Mexico yeah, I, and I've heard that from people that go there. So my question to you about Mexico City when you walk around, are people just smoking weed and you can smell it? Like if it's San Francisco, like if you're in these bigger cities like that, is it like in that in New York? In some areas. Okay. Some like areas. the downtown areas? So for example, there's a very emblematic park, which is right outside of the Senate of the, of the Congress. So we had a group of activists uh, that three years ago decided to establish a camping site in this park. <laughs> uh, because they were protesting, they wanted the legalization of, you know, the adult use, and they said of they were going to be, yeah, of cannabis. Oh wow! So they decided to camp there. Uh, they just moved after three years of camping there, and thanks to that um, advocacy that they were doing in this site, the park became um, three years cannabis. That's called living tolerated. <laughs> they moved in for three years. Camping three years in the park next to the Senate. Wow. Yes. It, it's called Plantón 420. Wow. And they just posted up. Yeah. So thanks to that. They were switching out people, I guess, huh? Yeah. It became a park to consume. So now everybody can go to this park and now, was smoke this, weed. No, would it be other drugs too, though? Because I can imagine that being here and the people are shooting up heroin and everything else at a park. Well, right yeah, we here. have that going on too. But I mean, I, but was it like, that's why I guess, was it like homeless folks? Or no, was no, it no, like, no. like people just real activists? Spot. It's a no touristic way. spot. No way. Yeah. That's amazing. Like yeah. people would go there to support and protest and hang out, smoke, yeah. and it wasn't a homeless shelter area. Thing. Yeah, no. yeah, that's what I'm like. That's what okay. I felt like it was going to be. We got here. one of those too. You we know? got a bunch of those. <laughs> it's called downtown no, no, Los no. Angeles. You have a, um, <laughs> called Beach Boulevard. <laughs> Beach Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Fucking twenty-two. These are uh, leaders of the activism in Mexico that wow. decided to camp there. That's amazing. Yeah. Good. For, I want to interview some of them. Oh yeah, definitely. I can introduce you. It was such an incredible movement that helped us educate the legislators because they had to pass through the park to get into the senate wow and you have all these people coming to the park to learn they were giving you know workshops to learn how to cultivate and they couldn't move them they couldn't move them no oh, wow. no we have a right to protest did you ever so. camp did you did you camp there i didn't camp there no. <laughs> i visited <laughs> it many times and i took a lot of people there and yeah. we did a lot of uh, interviews and took the media there to help out but now they they're not longer there because they said okay the senate knows everything we have you know share so much information and education like now what now it's just becoming a spot that it's touristic and people are actually selling weed here that was not the goal so we're moving so um they're doing you know different efforts in order to help pass this proposed bill uh, i just had a conversation earlier with the commission of justice inside the senate and they're about to publish this proposed bill to regulate the adult use commercialization next week so what we're gonna see during march and april is uh probably the voting of this proposed bill in the senate if it passes in the senate it goes to the chamber of deputies and if it passes there, it goes up to the president for the signature in order to make that a law. You're so much in the know in Mexico. I love it. And yeah. Lorena, I, I want to ask you, I've heard a scenario that Mexico was looking at cannabis brands from California to bring them out there to sell. When we come back, I want your thoughts, your opinions 
on is this a true statement? Can this happen? Are we going to be able to cross state lines? It's Cannabis Talk 101. We will be whoa, 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 right back after this break. Keep it locked. <laughs> you pulled a me, Joe. An ism. We'll be right back with Cannabis Talk 101. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robey, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess, the 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again. The First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances. And the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101. Let me tell you about the Bear Flag Group, you guys. When it comes to manufacturing, this is where quality products meet expert teamwork. They can create all types of extraction products from custom-infused pre-rolls, cartridges, tinksters, live rosin cartridges, dissolute cartridges, and all-size flower packaging. They are co-packaging for the best brands in cannabis. Get your white label started today. Check them out live and online and learn so much more at thebearflaggroup.com. Uh, I want to thank Jorge, Marcus, Mondo, Teddy, Daniel, Diego, Jessica, Cam, Salar, Ali, Goldie, Pitt, Mark Carnes, Chris, Frankino, Jennifer, Erica, and Elvis for all your help you guys do with us here at this at this beautiful, beautiful studio. And Teddy's on the show set right now. And uh, Lorena, I was just asking you about this rumor I heard about Mexico wanting to bring California brands into Mexico. Is that something that I heard as a myth? What do you know about that one? Okay, so right now we we are invaded by, by California brands. Oh, really? Yes. So Illegally, obviously. Some of them. Others are not legal. So we have so much product from California, you have no idea. So, of course, we have an unregulated market because we're also consumers. And um, since... California, Colorado, we have all these states in the United States that have a recreational state law. Um, we they they send us stuff like it's not like Mexico is now is not longer exporting that much product to the U.S., obviously legally. But now we have California, Colorado, mainly California, you know, sending us product Um High TAC products, is flour. It, is it like sold at flea markets? Is it sold at like dispensary style stores? I mean, do they have dispensaries there? Because yes. they obviously have pharmaceutical stores. Or how, how is it sold there in Mexico? So medical, it's strictly, you know, pharmacies, clinics, doctors. Uh, but it, the recreational market that exists in Mexico, uh, we have underground dispensaries. There are e-commerce, all kinds of e-commerce uh online yeah you really? can order online and you'll get to your to your door and no one regulates that at all there no it's not regulated and the market it's it's huge you know and, and you're getting have... cookies brand or whatever brand that's oh, from yeah. california also if you go to tepito you know like this downtown flea markets you'll 
find all kinds of brands there, not the original ones. Uh, the piratas, <laughs> all the fake ones. All the ones. good bootlegs. But you see cookies everywhere. On blankets, on pillows, you know, oh, it's really? everywhere. Yeah, definitely. Is that one of the bigger brands that they're out there bootlegging? Yes, yes, of course. Cookies, everybody knows cookies in Mexico. And uh, not only you'll find cannabis products as well in the flea market, e-commerce, underground dispensaries, as well as, you know, you have menus that they send you on WhatsApp, Telegram. Like every week they update their menus and you have all kinds of products, mainly from California. Uh, to pick from and uh, if they have a distribution person in that city you'll get it in hours or they'll send you a package in one or two days and the country the cities out there in mexico just aren't doing anything about it huh they're just nothing whatever. about it they're they're missing they're the taxes <laughs> right right and, and as are the local companies out there feeling like no get them at the hell out of here or are they just saying oh well, let's just package ours and call it cookies yeah exactly Everybody's doing whatever they want. Um, people are just trying to make a business out of this. Um, and in terms of like the organized crimes or the cartels, which I don't like to just put tags or generalize with these terms because we have all kinds of people and, and, and groups and uh, you have bad people, good people everywhere. Not only inside. Not the only cartels, in the cartel. Exactly. Right. You have them in, in politics. More bad than good. In churches, everywhere. Everywhere. So uh, right now, uh, with this proposed bill that is going to be discussed in the Senate to be voted again, um, we really expect our regulators to help out and regulate the industry that's out there just because we have so many health issues. Mainly, you know, that's the main concern, the health issues through this uh, fake products or very low quality products that they just rebrand with whatever brand, you know, they find that it's uh, trendy or, you know, uh, popular. So we hopefully, you know, regulate this part of the market. It's there. It, it exists and it's expanding. It's not going anywhere. And yeah, these organized groups are also part of it. But in their menus, just like they sell all kinds of drugs, they have cannabis in there. And they know once we have a regulation for the recreational market, it's kind of like game over in a sense for them uh, in, in the term of like we are controlling this. You cannot be able to control it anymore. Right now, they're not even controlling it anymore because there's so many people selling. You know, I have so many friends and, and family members and People that I know that have their small, small circle, you know, selling to the grandma, to the uncle, to the cousin, because they use it for whatever, medicinal purposes, uh, uh, ritual uh, purposes, whatever it is. But everybody's trying to get their hands on it and try it, even CBD, THC. Um, so, yeah, the cartels, I don't see them like really controlling this uh, all the time. However... Uh, a situation that happens in Mexico is that any business that makes money, you are going to be in risk. Why? Because, yes, this organized groups, criminals want a piece of your cake, no matter what it is. No matter what. Huh? If it's a they, bar, are they if that it's strong? a restaurant. If it's, they're that strong out there, huh? Like if yes. you have a successful company, they're going to start knocking on your door. Hey, yes. you need to pay us if you want to yeah. keep doing business like the this. The mordida, you know, they want a piece of your cake every month. You have to pay them in order to, what, live? You know, not to continue to sell and operate. It's crazy that it goes down like that still there. Yeah, it is like that. And it's very sad and unfortunate that our um, government, you know, and our authorities are not really focusing on the main issues like that. Let me ask you, because we started the show talking about how you're doing research and your co other companies does research. How is Mexico at a whole looking at when it comes towards the research that cannabis can help people? Yeah, so I think um, we are stepping forward in that area because comparing to the United States, the U.S. doesn't have a federal law. We do have a federal law, meaning that the pharmaceutical labs and the researchers get involved and it's easier for them to get their hands on cannabis and do their research. So right now, the pharmaceutical labs that are starting to do formulations, the next step is 
do clinical trials on those formulations. So usually clinical tri trials can take years depending on the condition that you want to treat. So let's say, okay, we have a formulation that's good for colon cancer. Uh, so they do their clinical trial for cancer is usually more than five years on clinical trials. But the advantage is that, yes, it's federally legal and clinical trials in Mexico are a little bit less costly, expensive than the United States or Canada. We've seen this. We've seen companies that want to go to Mexico and invest in clinical trials because it's 10 times less than in the United States. So we have that advantage. So that's why we're going to see more medical research in Mexico than the rest of uh, Are they building out these type of labs and getting ready for you because it's federally legal like this? They don't have to build new labs. They're using their pharmaceutical no. labs that exist already because they're treating cannabis as another active ingredient. They're not looking at cannabis. So, oh, it's a drug. It's, it's cannabis. Yes, no, right. it, it has it's, different it's normal drugs like whatever, it ephedrine, falls, whatever. Yeah, it falls into the same regulations as any other active ingredient that goes into a pharmaceutical formulation. Are they making then pills there as well? Like THC pills like they make out here in certain clients or companies out here so yeah we'll do things like that are they doing that yeah. at the pharmaceutical level i've seen pharmaceutical labs working on tablets on uh sublingual uh products not that many like in in the u.s or canada because sublingual oils don't really fall into a pharmaceutical product category it's more like a herbal medicine the right. drops right so pharma it's looking at tablets it's looking at inhalers uh, it's looking at topicals. Um, it's looking at even injections. Uh, with, really? Yeah, with cannabinoids. And of course, it's a, a formulation with other ingredients. But yeah, it's uh, pharma. Wow. Mm -hmm. So many crazy things. That just uh, when I think about what Mexico can do and how they can help so much, because now that you say it's on a federal level, you're right. They can get so many more people involved. And because it's on a federal level, can they cross the other states and countries? Like, can Mexico start working with Israel, so to speak? Yes. Yes. We actually have uh, clients with alliances with Israel, with Germany. I personally hold a license to import raw materials through my company, Endonatura Labs. Uh -huh. And we are importing raw materials from Czech Republic. Uh, meaning isolates and distillates with the EU GMP certificate and other certifications that the pharmaceutical labs require in order to use that as an active ingredient for a formulation of a medicine. So right now we're doing that importation. Um, so Europe has very similar medical regulations as Mexico. So that's why we work very closely with Europe. And what is your lab doing? What do you guys do there at your lab? So I don't have a lab that formulates. I only am the license holder that brings the raw materials and I give it to the pharmaceutical labs for their formulations. I don't have my own brand of an end product yet. I will, but not right now. Oh, um, really? And what kind of product are you looking to get? So I am more looking into cosmetics, uh, a line of cosmetics. And because... At the end of the day, I'm not a doctor. I work with a lot of them and Cannabis Salud, the Medical Cannabis Summit has helped us, you know, have this relationship with doctors and researchers. But I personally have an interest in cosmetics. So in Mexico right now, you can import products with less than 1% THC. Uh, these products fall into different categories, cosmetics, dietary supplements and food and beverages. So anything with less than 1% THC, we can register and import into Mexico. From anywhere? From anywhere. As long as you comply with our requirements on in COFEPRIS, which is also the entity that regulates and re uh, registers like these the products. Like the FDA. Like the FDA. So right. yeah, all these products go through there. But yeah, we're able to do that right now. And then are you guys looking to eventually export products too? Yes, yes. We haven't seen a company. legally i should say this time <laughs> yes for medical purposes legal yes uh i haven't seen a company that's vertically integrated that's cultivating and all these things hopefully in the future but once the pharma you know releases a medicine to the market i'm pretty sure they're going to be able to export it to other countries 
That's going to be interesting. I'm just wondering too, have you known or whatever, because like, we, we were talking earlier about Blue and I always say this, Gwen, you know, some of the best weed obviously comes from Northern California, the tri, you know, effect out there. And California in general really supplies it. Mm-hmm. But when we thought about it, we talked, we said Mexico really supplies the country, though, with a lot of cannabis, right? Have you been to or seen these huge grows that are out there in Mexico? Like, do you know any of these guys that just have the massive grows that are just producing so much? Yes. How big? Like, what? How big are we talking? Okay, so we're talking about unregulated cultivation facilities, right? Yeah, of course. That's um, what I really want to know about. I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what I want to know. That's because I only see them in movies and stuff. You know what I mean? You no, see it, you're like, yeah. oh wow. But like, you know, yeah. how big no, is some well, of this shit out I, there? As as a communicator, I really like to connect with all the people involved in this market. Uh, the legacy well you have market, to know everybody because right? let's yes. face it everything comes from the legacy mexico wasn't always legal it just barely got legal here it wasn't legal blue was selling weed back in the day his dad taught him how to sell weed it's like it's part of the game uh, correct so yeah i being to the mountains i'm from chihuahua so chihuahua is part of the golden triangle it's chihuahua sinaloa and durango and that's where caro quintero used to grow the sin semilla that's where it generated Girl, the sin semilla, semilla. Yes. yes so he did this you know he feminized the the plant and he's the first one at least in mexico to grow the sin semilla and they had the rancho el buffalo in this part of the golden triangle where they had over 1000 hectares of cannabis the largest cultivation um, space ever in Mexico and of course everybody was involved even the government don't tell me that you didn't see that <laughs> that thousand hectare in the mountain full of cannabis um, so yeah they were crossing it to the United States in the 80s uh, now Caro Quintero he went to prison now he was released and now they got him again I don't know what for he already did his years in prison and uh, he was a cultivator so we have a lot of history um, around this legacy market, cannabis industry, however you want to call it. But Mexico has done so many things around this plant, good and bad, um, mainly because of prohibition, you know, what has happened to all our indigenous communities in the mountains who are the main workers on the fields. So we have a lot of people in prison still by for growing the plant in the mountains, people that saw that as just another agricultural product and a way of living and these farmers are still in prison with no sentence you know just they forgot about them in there so there's so much work we need to do in mexico and around the world i'm pretty sure but mexico with all this long history around cultivation of cannabis and now people are not cultivated that much because the prices went down so bad like very low prices even on amapola for um La Goma de, de Opio de Amapola. Uh-huh. Um, What's Amapola? What is it? It's a it's another flower, the Amapola, where you get um, you can get heroin from there too. Oh really? So um, so the prices on that went down too. So now they have labs of fentanyl, which is really really bad, even wow. for the people that work in these labs. So. We need cannabis back. We need this to be legal in order for these farmers to go back into a legal uh, agricultural product like cannabis. And not only cannabis, also hemp. Hemp doesn't have restrictions. It's not prohibited in Mexico. But we lack certain norms and regulations around hemp. So that's why not many people are doing it. But now we created an interest on state governments so they can start pilot programs around cultivation of industrial hemp. Hemp for industrial purposes, you know, for textiles, for construction materials. Yeah, and are they going to start doing more of that there too? Because I could see Mexico being yes. a leader in that, right? And doing yes. hemp t-shirts, clothes, I mean, everything. Yes, Mexico is definitely going to be a leader in hemp. Why? Because we are a manufacturing country. That's what I yeah. We're like China, who's the main manufacturer of hemp textiles. We are like India, who's all do is doing all kinds of manufacturing products. Mexico, we can manufacture textiles, biofuels, construction materials. We have the largest companies that are doing plywood, so we can do hemp wood materials as well. So we have all the manufacturing facilities that connect with hemp 
So, yes, so now the governments, uh, the state governments have a very special interest in hemp and we're doing, uh, we're putting together this pilot programs that will start this year in states like Michoacán, like Chihuahua, like uh, Tamaulipas, like Tlaxcala and many other states that we already are working, you know, at, How at long state before, level. before we actually see real product coming out of there that people you can use even in the states? I'll say around a year, year and a half. Oh, that soon? Yes, because the militaries are involved. Uh, the militaries want to grow hemp, and they're going to start a pilot program to do textile for their uniforms so they can show something tangible that you can really do with hemp. And what's better than the military is wearing it. They're the ones that have been burning the fields out there. They're the ones that have been putting people in prison. So it's time for them to do something good. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, Lorena, I could just keep going back and forth and talking and asking you so many questions. I want to do the high five with you as you are the CEO and co-founder of Cannabis Salud, uh, which is a big conference going down in Cancun in June. The website, again, if people want to get tickets and go to that is? That's June 14 to the 16 in Cancun, Cannabis Salud Business and Investment Summit. And you can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as Cannabis Salud MX. And also my personal social media, which is public, Lorena Beltran. There it is. And uh, the high five, Lorena Beltran is B-E-L-T-R-A-N, by the way. How old are you the first time you smoked cannabis and where'd you get it from? Uh, first time, 16 years old, I didn't go to school that day. So me and my friends decided to smoke weed for the first time. And it was so much fun. We just laughed all day long. It was the best experience. Um, but it was just one time at 16. Then I tried it again when I was 25. And it was a completely different experience. It was more spiritual. Uh, I got to, you know, go inside, you know, um, this psychoanalysis of myself and this connection with my spirit and and it was uh, very healing so I highly recommend if you haven't tried it wait until your 20s because that experience compared to 16 yeah it was fun but uh, when you already know you know a little bit more about life and consciousness it's just a beautiful spark uh, inside your body that's really gonna well at least I'm to me, it helped me a lot. Well, that's awesome right there. What is your favorite way to use cannabis? Smoke. Smoking just the plant, uh, especially... Joints? Joints, yes. And I really love and appreciate a good outdoor organic cannabis flower. Really? Outdoor, huh? From the mountains. From oh, Chihuahua. That, from Chihuahua. <laughs> You're like, this is the weed I want right here. Where's the craziest place you ever used or smoked cannabis? Craziest place. Okay, so I'm that person that doesn't care where she's at. If I'm craving a joint, I'll light it up at the restaurant. So if I'm in a smoking area of a restaurant in Mexico City, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to smoke here until somebody comes and tells me I cannot do it. So, yeah, I just really do that. You're that chick, huh? <laughs> yeah. I like that. <laughs> it's part of the advocacy and the activism. It's like, hey, they're smoking tobacco. You know, why can't I smoke cannabis? They're like, I wish you could, and I wish I can, you know, have a joint too, but I, I'm not allowed. You know, people want it. You're like, well, then don't smoke. I will. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I will. So now in Mexico, there's a restriction for cigarettes too. You cannot smoke cigarettes in public anymore. Wow. They're cracking down out there, huh? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was the wild, wild west forever in Mexico. You could do whatever you wanted. Oh, well. <laughs> Question number four, the high five, Lorena. What is your go-to munchies after you get high? <gasps> I think uh, Dairy Queen, the blizzard with Oreo and brownies. Ooh, I love me a blizzard. Do they have blizzards out there in Mexico? Dairy yes, Queen? yes, Dairy Queen is out there. Oh, that is my go-to crack spot. Mm -hmm. I love Try that. the I, Oreo I, and brownie. I never had Oreo and brownie. I had to get an Oreo and brownie and a little caramel in that mug. I'm going to go get one of those real yeah. soon. I'm going to get one of those. That, for real, I go. I love those ones. Question number five of the high five. If you could smoke cannabis with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Uh, 
I already mentioned this person. I don't know. Well, I'm going to be judged by a lot of people and criticized, but I don't care. Caro Quintero. The, car the guy who created it? The big grow out there? Is that the guy? <laughs> Why him? Because, um, because of what he did. And don't you know that Sin Semilla, it's kind of like a brand. Like oh, totally. I, said to me, I yeah. think that we have a recreational industry with all these premium indoor flowers thanks to the feminized seed. And I think he's the one that put the signature to it. The Sin Semilla, you know, the largest cultivation. We should call that Cess. You're like, oh, yeah, I got some Cess. You know what I'm saying? Right? <laughs> that's what we used to call it, right? I got a bag of Cess. Like, you just, it, 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 that's what, in the States, I'm telling you the truth. That's what we used to call it. That's what I used to call it anyways. Yes. And then we, it was just short term for Sensibilia, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I would love to smoke a joint with him. He's already 70 something. And just to learn how it was back in the day and just like what he felt by having this huge cultivation space with so many people working with him, what it really meant for him, you know, cannabis in his life. Because I don't think he was all bad, like people put it out there or the narco series, you know, that they exaggerate everything. But I want to know the true story behind everything he did. I love that answer. That'd be a good one. Because those narco series are amazing. Yes. Like you could just watch them, watch them and watch them. And it's the most watched series of Netflix. It's crazy. How, and there's so many. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I want to watch a new one starting to start. Oh, let me see this one. Yeah. And it's not like I am supporting narcos or I idealizando idolizing them or their culture because I, um, I lived experiences very close to that type of, uh, of groups and they have done so much damage to my country to the point that I had to run away from my city, right? For all the violence. But again, there's good and bad people. And uh, I think this industry has so much to offer. If we would just do things the right way, because people just want a lot of money and power. You can have that by also sharing and not being a bad person, not being violent or killing people. Like you can share and have abundance also in your life. You know, you don't need billions of dollars in your under your mattress because you cannot put it in the bank. Right. But um, I mean, let's just share and, and make this industry what it came to be, you know, it came to do. The cannabis plant has so much to offer. We are limiting this plant and we are not doing it in the right way of just sharing and make it accessible for everybody that really needs it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm going to ask you a random question that is just pondering my mind right now. Thinking about how we live here in the States and, you know, I may know somebody like my buddy Daniel and I know this other guy and this guy is connected to 18th Street Gang, right? And we know that that's a big gang because his dad was in it. So he's kind of affiliated. I'm just using this as an analogy. Is it so close like that or, you know, there's a lot of people where do you know people that are like, oh, okay, my cousin's friend, he's in the cartel or like, oh, our neighbor's cousin or brother, he's a cartel member, but the family's not. Are there kids that are in the gang, so to speak, like out here, we know cats are in the gang, but even their parents wouldn't be in it, but their son is. Are their parents in it? They're like, no, mijo, you're not in it. You know what I mean? Is it like that there with the cartel or, or how does that dynamic work? Okay, so we have normalized this culture. That's the what I mean. It's so normalized, the cartel. It's like it's just there, there's Netflix special after special mm -hmm. after special with different cartels and different and leaders. The and the corridos, the music, it's everywhere, right? Exactly. There's cartel singers. Exactly, yeah. right? Like, oh, he's a singer. He's from the cartel. And mm -hmm. it's great. So, yeah. So I come, my family comes from a little town in, in Chihuahua. And I lived there for like a year. And I could see how girls are raised to marry a narco for example it's like oh my god she we're so proud if you have you know a boyfriend that's doing that because that means money that means success that means that that person is going to take you out of this poor town and have a better life so so for you guys where you were from it was looked at like we want to get a guy like that 
Some, some women. Yeah, unfortunately. But now we see so many killings of young uh, men and women, you know, in general. Um, so now there's more and more violence. And of course, there are families that are like, okay, so if you're in there, means that you can die, right? So it's like... Yes and no, uh, there's a mix, but it's very normalized. It's normalized to, okay, be part of that and make money. It's normalized that, okay, but if you're in there, there's a risk and you might die. Um, so, yeah, it's it's part of our culture, unfortunately, nowadays. And they just live everywhere amongst everyone, or do they all... No, they're everywhere. Together? They're politicians, too. I mean, come on. We live in a narcopolitic government in Mexico, a lot of politicians are part of the drug cartels. Really? Well, that's why they're one of the richest uh, industries in Mexico and in the world. Yeah. How can they do it by themselves? They need the government to support them in order to be that big, right? And why are they keeping prohibition? Why is Mexico still prohibiting the recreational market? Why have we already voted in the Senate and the Chamber of Deputies and it already passed, but the president doesn't want to sign it? Why are we trying it again? Prohibition is, is it's what has brought so much violence. I don't want to point to a certain group, a specific group. I think it's just prohibition in general. And who sticks to prohibition? It's our government right now. Will it change? Yes, think? it will change because now we have more women in power because we have more women uh, leading politics. We see more governors. Could the females. women, though, be, you know, cartel leaders as well? Eventually, yes, I mean, but from all the cartels that we have. I've seen Queen of the South, by the way, so, you know, she's a badass. Yeah, but from 100 males, there's one female, right, in the cartels, honestly. Okay. There's way more males in, in that part of of the industry per se uh so no definitely having more uh women in in power in office uh and also more younger people so we have governors that are now 35 years old mm. so these new generations definitely are going to change things in my country because the people in power right now president and people around him are very old are very old they just want money and power and yeah sometimes they try to do good things here and there but i think uh, our hopes are in women and younger people well is there anything else that we left and you want that you want to bring up again real quick before my dog jumps off this table real quick and i have to <laughs> take him to the vet and <laughs> fix his broken leg <laughs> oh. um well i just want to let people know that Mexico is not bad. Mexico is taking its time to get out there. But I think once we are completely regulated and we understand how to navigate this emerging industry, I think it's going to be the mecca of the cannabis industry around the world. Uh, we can produce cannabis everywhere, uh, all around this con uh, my country. Um, we have been one of the largest producers outdoor. We have... Um, we have a lot of passion for this plant and we want to see it thrive. And as you were mentioning, we're putting a lot of hopes in industrial hemp. And I think we're going to be leaders on that. Tesla is already uh, establishing their largest facility in Mexico, the largest of the world. So that puts, uh, puts us on the map, again, an international map in terms of uh industrial production of different things so um yeah keep an eye on mexico come to cannabis salud june 14th to the 16th in cancun to learn more about the the rules regulations how to get in what's legal right now um business that have been successful and we'll help you how to navigate mexico especially to all the latinos in the united states and all over the world that uh are always in their heart hoping to one day come back you know to their home to their country well maybe this is the chance this is the opportunity through this cannabis industry and this cannabis plan that we all love well there it is you guys thank you so much for coming on the show we appreciate you traveling all the way from mexico to be here love seeing you again and i can't wait to see you more often it's cannabis talk 101 and if nobody else loves you 
We do. We do. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Cannabis Talk 101 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts hi this is kurt woodsmith you remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.